Defensive coordinator Ephraim Banda back for another year at Utah State. Uh, it's nice that the head coach and both coordinators have stayed the same, something that sometimes hard to do with programs <laughs> from year to year. Yeah, but uh, one of the things that Coach Anderson stressed uh, when he talked to all the, the general media today was um, this upcoming season is going to be a lot tougher. He highlighted the schedule is going to be more challenging, but also teams are going to see you coming, where maybe last year they, they didn't. Does that change your approach at all to this upcoming season, or is it just, you know what, we take one day at a time and it just is what we do? You know, I think anytime you have the element of surprise like we did last year, it always helps, um, which means things will be harder this year because there will not be the element of surprise. But um, when you look at it, things have not changed much in terms of what people think about Utah State. Um, they're still picking us to be, you know, down there in terms of where we finish. Uh, so I think what that says is that people don't believe, you know, in who we are and what we've done to this point which is good because this is a blue-collar place that's always had a chip on its shoulder uh, and, and really does well in those environments. Uh, in terms of, you know, is it how do we approach it? For us, it's just start over again. But that's football in general. Every year in college football, it's a rebuild. You can't try to put it in your mind to reload. It's a rebuild because the college portal, the transfer portal, kids graduating – um, kids developing at different rates. So for us, it's back to day one. Uh, one and oh, get one degree better, like Coach A says every day, and focus on the one day increments of getting to our goal. Not popping our head up and looking around too much, uh, which that's part of it, right? That's, that's what we're talking a little bit about right now. But at the ultimate focus goal for us is to take it one day at a time, one degree better, go one and oh, and then at the end, look up and see where we're at. Um, so to answer your question, I think that's what it's about. It, it's it's uh, We're not going to surprise anybody. It's going to be harder. Back to the freaking grind, going 1-0, keeping our head down, being one degree better, and keeping the chip on our shoulder, what Utah State's always had. It seemed like the, the, the defense specifically seemed to ratchet up a lot more in the last quarter of the season. Mm. Um, and I don't know if that's a fair assessment, oh, if yeah, you believe the same, but it seemed like – the pressures and the attacking seemed to be more effective. Was that more a function of the, the players finally understanding what you were asking them to do, or did you start to kind of develop the defense and tweak it as it went? Or what was the function of that? How did that kind of evolve and, and, and happen? I think it was two things. It was um, one of it was definitely the beginning of our season, and you look at our schedule. Opening up with Washington State, who's you know a Pac-12 school, obviously as we know. Uh, following up with, I think it was North Dakota, who was a nationally ranked FCS program, has done really well, very good program. And I think after that, it was Air Force and Boise. So you had four really solid teams to come out of the gates with. And anytime you come out of the gates with four solid teams, and you're a new defense transitioning from odd to even, there's a learning curve. Obviously, you'd like the learning curve to be a little more. Uh, less curvy, <laughs> if that makes sense. But uh, it curved hard, quick. And so I think it was part of that. We were new, going, transitioning from our front, you know, to uh, in our front from odd to even and playing really good teams. Then you, then what happened was, and what, what I think what you saw was our kids starting to really understand and grasp what we're doing uh, and then play better with less mistakes. Our, our aggression started to hit, you know, a little bit more. 
Um, our front really, really did a great job um, in that area and with, with Al Lapuala was moved on and, and now Alex Devine being our new, our, our officially our D-line coach who was our front coordinator last year and he's been promoted to D-line coach now. Um, I thought they just did a phenomenal job of creating what we needed to up front and it all starts up there. And once that started happening, we really, really played well down the stretch. So I think it was a culmination of a really hard start, a new defense, finishing with a good understanding, our D-line developing dramatically, uh, and then really just kind of getting in sync towards the end. And then how does that help you coming into this season where it's not so much new? Yeah. Uh, there are Yes, you lost some players, but there, for those who are back, the philosophy really hasn't changed much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just moving into a, a, a new season where they've got that under their belts now. Two things again. One, players, you know, we got a good group of guys who've done this already once. Um, And their challenge is to not trip over the first hurdle like they did last year, early in the season. Let's be more detailed and and, and have less big mistakes early in the season on things that should not have mistakes on. So their level of detail and focus on the things and errors should drop because they've been in this deal for a little bit longer, like they did late last season. And I think that's why we played so well. The second part of that is, as a coaching staff, which I have a wonderful staff, you know, I bring back the core of my staff. You know, guys, um, you know, like Alex Devine, who's a, who was already on the staff with me before and is now, you know, back as the full-time D-line coach. Uh, Mike Zuckerman's back as a linebacker coach. Nick Perimsky's back as striker coach. Uh, yeah, we had a new corners coach, but he's been in the system for before, so he knows what we're doing. All our support staff guys are pretty much back so it's a not only um it's not only just the players understanding more what we're doing and being better at it but i have a bunch of mechanics in the garage that have already worked on this engine once and know how to really run it Uh, so having all those guys back i think will be a you know big part of you know us in in year two personnel wise i mean as you said it's Mm. you have to rebuild every year and so you've you've lost some key players from a year ago but you've got some new ones coming in yeah um, just in addition to the development of current players you have, mm-hmm. um, how does that kind of fit in based on what you saw in the spring? I know you still got to see a lot here in the next couple of weeks, but Daniel Grishik and MJ and Ooh. you got some you got some dudes that are coming in to fill some holes, yeah. uh, but you're still some questions that remain for who's going to, especially with Switzer after his injury. So uh, how does that? You kind of see that development of guys who are already here, but the newcomers and how they're kind of filling some of those holes. Yeah, you know, newcomers, let's talk about it real quick. You know, we, we obviously hit the portal hard again in JC's. Uh, we brought in Daniel Greshik, who has had a phenomenal first six months of this uh, of his tenure here at defensive end. We brought in John Ward from UCLA, another defensive end. Tavian Coleman from Trinity Valley, uh, a D-tackle that we really, really like. MJ Tafisi from Washington. Cole Joyce from UCF. Um, Gervin Hall from Miami in the back end. Um, and then a couple walk-on guys who we do feel like could be able to contribute, uh, Wes Wright from BYU and hopefully Terrell Bennett from Weber. So we've you know really done a good job of bringing, I think it's almost eight new faces in that area uh, of transfers that we hope can develop and fill holes for us that we've lost. Uh, but there's also guys on campus that were here last year that weren't big contributors. Uh, Anoka... 
I always mess this name up, but me up, it's Migago. <laughs> uh, he was at BYU, signed with BYU and redshirted last year for us. He should factor in at defensive end uh, and fill holes. Sandy T uh, Tuiaki or Turbo be a guy who didn't play a lot last year who will factor in this year for us. Um, you know, on the back end or in the middle, you're looking at Sione Moe, who's been in this program for a while, has had a really good spring, uh, hoping he steps up. Kaleo Nevis, who played a lot of special teams for us at striker, kind of another guy that's got to fill the hole at striker for us. And then just guys, you know, at, at corner, Xavier Steele, who's been in this program for a little bit, has got to take the next step. Jamie Nance, who from receiver to corner, who can flat out run. Uh, those guys, Luke Marion and Ike Larson, you know, too. Ike Larson is a guy who's had a phenomenal spring, a low, local hometown guy that's had a great spring that I think has got to step up at safety. Luke Marion as well have been in this program. So there's this big group of guys that got to have great fall camps to help fill that void of the guys who have already played a lot of football for us that we know will do well for us. And those are the main ones when I, you know, when I look at the list. Coach said that with Switzer's injury that there may be this linebacker by committee and it may actually affect how you do your lineup and, yeah. and your line guys up on the field maybe move a safety up or uh, how much does that do you feel like there are guys in the system that you feel like you can trust to, to run your system as it is or do you feel like you may need to do some tweaks on your entire defensive scheme you know, first losing Anthony Switzer was just a, it was a real kick in the, kick in the groin. It hurt. Uh, he is playing, he was playing lights out and he's big time. Um, so that was the big damper uh, on the first six months, but it is going to be a culmination of guys. It's going to be by committee. Um, we did bring in a really um, interesting prospect in o Okiki Omari, which I didn't mention a second ago. He's a JC guy from Cerritos Junior College. Who, who was a really good player for him? He had a foot injury that a lot of people shied away from, but a lot. Of, but he's a big time player that people are scared of in terms of the injury. We're hoping that by week two and week three he's full go. He is a Anthony Switzer, another type dude who can be big time and long and lanky and can run. Um, Kaleo Nevis will be you know part of that, and then really just seeing if we can get more to nickel type stuff if we need to in, in the 10 personnel sets where guys try to spread you out, move a corner in there, move a safety. You know, we, we will tinker with more of that if we don't have a guy who can do it all. But I think it, it will be by committee. I think it's just how camp goes, how Amari, you know, goes along, how Kaleo develops to really see who we are. My job is simple. Whatever the best players are, call the best defenses for it. Don't try to do it the opposite. Don't try to make things happen, you know, based off of what I think's best. Just I'm going to do what the players tell me to do. And whoever the best players are will do what's best for us in that, you know, in that world. There was some great leadership on defense last year that uh, some of those guys have left. But what do you see in the, is a, in, in the leadership that you have still here um, developing and kind of leading that, that defense on the field? Yeah, I mean, Cash Gilliam and Nick Henninger were just phenomenal leaders for us last year in terms of just vocal, hardworking dudes. Um, losing those guys is tough, especially, you know, both of them. Uh, Nick Henninger's, I've said it before, Dak Prescott, best leader I've been around, Nick Henninger was better. Um, so losing a guy like that's tough. I've been pleased up to this point in seeing the, the guys step up. Guys like Byron Vaughns and Hale Matuapuaka, Hunter Reynolds has been phenomenal to trying to fill that void. A.J. Vong Pachong coming out of his 
skin a little bit and really trying to step up and be a guy. Uh, Mike and, and Dre at corner. So I've been pleased. I've challenged those guys. The first thing I told them on our first meeting coming out of spring or coming into spring that we got a big hold of, you know, Phil. But I feel like, again, by committee, there's been a lot of guys who stepped up, stepped up like those guys. Kaleo Nevis has been fun, uh, phenomenal for us as well. Um, a, a Johnny Carter um, have been great. They've been doing it as a group. Maybe just not Cash and Nick. Now it's five or six guys, which is actually better when you have five or six and not just one or two. So mm-hmm. it'll be uh, a challenge, and it's a big part of really the messaging tonight for camp. You've got some players that have switched uh, positions. Yeah. Uh, do you foresee that there may be others that could be moving around a little bit too early to tell until you start to see what you've got here in the fall? You know, for me, it was most of the moving around position-wise came at corner. Uh, I wanted to add some length and uh, in, in that world. Mike and Dre uh, and the two previous corners that were here before were phenomenal for us. Physical set edges, did a great job. I did want to just try to get us a little bit more length in that area, and and Dre and Mike will be great for us again this year. Uh, but I, you know, bringing moving a Johnny Carter, AJ Carter, who's arguably our best athlete on the team, period, to corner and gaining that size and length uh, can really do wonders for you as a play caller. And then moving uh, Jamie Nance, you know, a receiver who can flat out run, transfer to Nebraska and was a phenomenal special teams player for Coach Perimsky. Moving him to corner gives us another really long-armed guy who can roll. So now, you know, we do have more length, uh, more size, which was something we were trying to do big picture on defense last year. Definitely helps us. I don't really see a lot of guys moving past this point. Maybe some Mike to Will, Will to Mike type things. Um, but everyone's pretty much settled in where they'll be. Most of it came in corner. And again, that was just trying to add some some more length to the room, um, big picture wise. We talk about players and their development, and the off season's important for them. But as a coach, what do you do in the off season for your development to become a better coach, better leader, or just understand the game better? What are some things that you do, or this coaching staff does, to improve your own development? You know, it's funny. Great question. Um, one thing that COVID took away from us two years previous was the ability to go and do professional development. One thing we often do as coaches is in the off season, we go and meet with other coaches. We go and uh, go to other programs, NFL and college programs, and just sit in on meetings and talk with coaches and learn and continue to get better. When COVID hit, you weren't able to do that. You weren't able just to walk into someone's building and say, hey, I'm here, I'm gonna be here for three or four days, you know, and, and, and learn. Uh, and that, that you know, stunts your growth a little bit as a, as a coach. So with COVID restrictions um, starting to ease up, we were able to get out and do some professional development. I took a trip uh, to the New England Patriots uh, for a few days, which was phenomenal, and, and got to just be around Coach Belichick and his staff, which obviously they do a great job, um, and, and just grow and, want and learn uh, in that environment, which was, was an absolute blessing. Um, so for me, that was probably the, the thing that I looked forward to the most with COVID restrictions lifting and being able to do and spend, watch them in the training camp environment, which is what we're going to be doing. Um, you know, and you go back and you look at the mistakes you made and the things you did wrong, uh, you know, as a play caller and try to not make those mistakes again, uh, grow from those. Anytime you're a first year coordinator, you're going to butcher it like I did, uh, and which every coordinator told me I did. Manny told me I would. All the guys, Blake Baker, guys that have done it before me in our family tree. and um, 
but but you learn and you get better and you don't make those mistakes again. So a lot of it's QCing yourself and then also getting out to do some professional development like I got to do this uh, this uh, spring, which was great. So right, one last question: Are the uh, the neon tape on the fingertips is that coming back this year? <laughs> that was a that was a deal. Huh? I didn't realize that was going to be so uh, so big. Um, you know, I do it one because I'm not the tallest, biggest guy, <laughs> so I can get lost in the mix a little bit. Um, and I don't. I want guys to be able to see me, um, so it helps me communicate with the kids better. Uh, I always hated as a player when I couldn't see my coach, like when I was on the field. You know, in college, it drove me crazy. Or high school, I'm like, why are you hiding or why are you making this harder on me out here? So for me, it was one of those things. Remembering as a player how difficult that could be. Uh, the other part is this: when we play against our offense, they go so freaking fast that you they, they got to turn their heads and find you quick. And uh, so far, part of that is, is why I do that, just to be able to, for them to see me and communicate better. Um, I try to communicate a lot to our guys uh, that, in terms of information to our guys, uh, so it helps me do that. So yeah, it'll be back. Uh, it serves a purpose, um, but primarily I think it's because I'm just short. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I love the look. I yeah. think it's cool. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. It's it's fun, and, and the kids don't have a reason to say, oh, I can't see you, Coach. I'm like, ah, I'm as bright as can be. <laughs> well, Coach Bonda, we look forward to an exciting 2022 season. Best of luck. Appreciate you, and thank you for all the support and everything you guys do. It really means a lot to us uh, to get out there and cover us. We don't have a lot of people who do, and, and for the ones that do, they're, they're diehards, and they do a great job. So thank you for everything you do. For this program and, and uh, look forward to seeing those fans uh, come August 27th at home versus UConn.